And he says, can you imagine if Elon Musk stated in his, you know, the, the, the goal of his company was to lose 2% per year. Well, that's what the Fed is telling us they want to achieve. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And it is that time of the week once again for our regular physical silver market update with Andy Sheckman of Miles Franklin, where we dig into the premiums, the news, and anything else of note that is going on. And Andy, I appreciate you making some time to join me again. Nice to have you on here. And how's everything going with you today? You know, something just dawned on me. Um, we should make you a silver bar the Arcadia silver bar that says, well, hello there, my friends. Like when you listen to Rafi say it, I, I chuckle, you know, uh, I kind of think it's your, it's your phrase, man. I think you've kind of coined the, well, hello there, my friends bar. I think that would go killer. I will make that bar for you. If you find, uh, uh, if you give me the, uh, the image that you like of, well, hello there, my friends, I will make that bar and we'll sell the crap out of it because I don't know. I think it's just a happy Happy phrase and very cool. And it's good to be here, Chris. Good to see you again, brother. Well, I appreciate that. Glad to see it spreading. I did see uh, one of our viewers use that in an email he sent to me and a few other people. But to be honest, I borrowed the hello there, my friends, from some guy I ran into at a marketing seminar a couple of years back. But well, there you go. A marketing. I added the marketing well guy. hello there. So it's somewhat yeah. unique in its own uh, own right. Um but with all of that said, we'll see about creating uh, another silver bar and see how that goes yet. In terms of the silver bars and coins that are out there, uh, just to check off our list first to get started, any changes in premiums and availability over the last week? No, no. Actually, the premiums are really level. I don't think just about maybe one or two little tweaks on our entire inventory premiums are static inventory is good and uh no i mean like i said last week it's the best availability and the best premium we've seen in over three years and when you look at something like a maple leaf selling at three dollars and 40 cents over the price of silver that's roughly well that's where a silver eagle would have been my entire career yet the silver eagles over nine dollars which is the only really abnormal silver Item. Maybe junk silver is still a little abnormal too, but the other sovereign coins have come down just slightly above where they've been for a very, very long time prior to all of these price distortions. The question is, is this a respite or is it, is it uh, a, a change? Are we heading back to where we once were? I don't think we are, but I'll simply say this, that the premiums, the prices, the availability, the lack of any delay in getting your, your products as good as it's been, Chris, since, since 2020. And, and with the exception of the Silver Eagles, that's the truth. And, you know, it's uh, you feel bad having to charge super high premiums back when, they, when the premiums were high. But I'll tell you that getting product for the better part of the last three years has been excruciatingly difficult. And all of a sudden it's available and the premiums are low. The supply is good. The delivery delays are gone. But I just have this feeling, this sinking feeling that all it takes is something like that. An event, something to waken up the masses. And we go right back to where we once were. And, and the Silver Eagle, certainly even as everything else has, has come back, regressed towards its mean, 
hasn't. Um, don't know what the deal is there, but premiums are good. Availability is good. Well, speaking of the Eagles, something that I have heard, we'll, we'll clearly label this as in the rumor mill, uh, although I've heard it from someone that people are familiar with. Um, Cliff High has mentioned that their mint is producing a lot of silver and gold eagles that they are not making available to the public. I've heard him say that a couple of times. He's not elaborated or provided a you know piece of evidence, but have you heard anything along those lines? Does that make sense? Uh, it makes great that? sense. It makes great sense. I mean, well, look, the U.S. we know sold their strategic stockpile of silver years ago. We know that silver is a, a metal that is indispensable in industry. It's experienced a monetary renaissance since, since 2020, uh, globally, not just here. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's been recognized around the world as a place to, to find value in a world that's, that's gotten crazy. It's also something that we know has a myriad of uses. People usually talk about solar panels and battery vehicles and, and whatnot, digital applications. But did you know that there's almost to the ounce, 500 ounces of silver in the tip of every Tomahawk cruise missile? And so in warfare, it is needed in a, in, in a, uh, in a military industrial complex that seems hell bent on continuing wars and, uh, and, and the sophisticated weaponry that all needs silver in the guidance system. So, you know, to think that the U.S. would use, uh, and taking it a step further to the rumor mill or to the conspiracy theory, uh, uh, an entity, let's say, like J.P. Morgan, who Ted Butler will say has a billion ounces of silver. Maybe they use them to hold down the price and to accumulate the physical, to allow them to stockpile. When they paid their $920 million fine, they were still allowed to be the, the, the administrator of the world's largest silver trust. And they their trading desk, which was fine, 920 million made a billion. They walked away 80 million up and they didn't lose their custodial status as a custodian of the world's largest silver trust. In fact, they have others that they are uh, in custody of. And maybe just maybe that was a, a slap on the wrist for good measure. Now, someone would say, well, there are people in jail. Yeah, I guess maybe there's always a fall guy. Now, again, I'm, I'm going a little further down the rabbit hole than I had intended. But the reason is simply this. We ran out of our stockpile a long time ago. We have to go into the open market just to make eagles. And when Janet Yellen is on the, the, the Mint webpage saying, we've wrapped up production and we are ready to, to really make a whole bunch of these and they make like 14 or 15 million coins, go back and look at their production numbers. I can remember at a time when nobody was buying silver now, this is when Ted Butler thinks they that the J.P. Morgan was actually accumulating these coins and melting them down into bars. They were making 40 and 50 million a year. So we know that that ramp up in production is about 25% or less of what they are actually capable of just at West Point. And that doesn't take into account, you know, doing it in, in San Francisco and, and whatnot. So, yeah, there you go. 2014, 2015, 2013, 2016. Those are the numbers that they had. And look, 
2013, 14, 15, 16, I mean, nobody was buying any silver back then. Those were tough times to be in this industry as Bitcoin was accentuating, as the markets were taking off and people were saying, well, what the hell do we want gold and silver for? Look at Bitcoin. So, you know, I don't know that they've really ramped up production, but I will simply say that if, if, if they really had any intention of providing silver to the public, where it's much easier for me over the last few years to get Australian kangaroos and South African Krugerrands and UK Britannias and Austrian Philharmonics than it is coin right here in our backyard as one of only 27 authorized US mint resellers, something's not right. And so I would believe that. And I would take it a step further and say, that they probably are stockpiling it. They would be foolish not to. Look at the rest of the world, for God's sake. Look at India, who imports 304 million ounces. That's what we should be doing. We should be stockpiling things that we need to, to advance our society. And the, and the simple truth of it is, silver is money from the way that you and I look at it and the way that we deal with it, but it is an indispensable metal needed for so many things such as digital applications and and uh, solar panels and uh, electric power vehicles and all of the things that we talk about every day, including the ever increasing drumbeat of war where it is needed in guidance systems and all this advanced weaponry. So yes, I would believe it and Cliff, I, I would discount nothing the dude says. Not only is he a very nice man, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. So far be it for me to say, Uncle Cliff, uh, you're wrong. Well, I hear you. And interesting, uh, as you did point out, those big years of Silver Eagle sales. And I was pointing with my mouse, just showing how, you know, those were some unusually high numbers. We see back to the 80s, five, four, eight, nine, ten million ounces. And then it really jumps up uh, beginning in 2009. That was an interesting period you and I have talked about before. Actually, something I've been meaning to ask you about for a couple of weeks as we've been doing this, uh, because obviously in the book, The Big Silver Short, that, you know, we did an interview for, uh, geez, I guess that was four years ago already, if you can believe that. We talked about how uh, when Bear Stearns fell, fell and collapsed, J.P. Morgan took their position over. Bart Children talk, talks about how it was over the limit he told them to reduce it they made it bigger and you see silver fall from 21 to 9 while the mint was not making any silver so obviously some unusual conditions there but what what were the retail conditions like in 2011 when the price shot up to 50 and unlike 1980 didn't come right back down because it sat in the 30s and then went back up into the 40s for you know a large portion of that summer until the both both metals got clobbered in September, but I've been curious what, what you were seeing from your side back in 2011 while that was happening. Yeah, it was strong. It was, but ironically, not anywhere near as strong as anything we've seen over the last few years, because what we were speaking to all of those years was the pimple on the elephant's ass. And now, thanks to a larger pro proliferation of information and and maybe had something to do with cryptocurrencies and awakening into fiat currencies. There's been an expansion. Now that expansion is still, now it's just kind of a boil on the elephant's ass. It's not really expanded into the elephant yet, that being the American public. 
but there has been an expansion into people's interest and the value found in silver. Back then it was the hard money people who were aggressively buying because all of the years worth of their beliefs were, were materializing right in front of their faces. And it, it was strong, don't get me wrong, it was. But I find it interesting that the next year in 2012 after silver did fall quite a bit that they're still selling north of 30 million silver, silver eagles and who the hell was buying them at that point? Um, I don't know. All, all I can simply tell you is that I don't think in terms of demand, we have seen anything yet. 2011, if we saw 2011 type of pricing over the last couple of years, I think we would have seen a massive expansion into the mainstream. And that's why they had to tamp it down, right? Uh, whatever his name was, uh, you know who I'm talking about, uh, had to tamp it down, admitted this, Rostin Benham admitted this publicly because we were crossing that, that that Rubicon of price and awareness. In 2011, the awareness was very infantile at best. And it was kind of the old guard, if you will. See, I told you, son, Silver was going to do something. Well, in the last few years, son woke up and said, wow, you know, my dad was right. My grandfather was right. That maybe I should own some Silver. But that, that still hasn't expanded out into cousins and nephews and friends and family. We're just one, one, one uh, generation or one person removed from the gold bug. Now there's a greater awareness, but nothing like I think we will see when the public wakes up to the fact that, that the markets are in trouble, that the Fed has no, no choice but to continue to tighten. And the Fed at some point may pivot but i think that's come off the table as as all the inflation numbers are picking up again and look uh chris this is all going to boil down to awareness and uh i don't think we've seen anything yet but the last three years made 2011 seem like child's play to be honest with you well that's fair enough and something you touched on before i know you mentioned often about you wonder if some of those conditions will come back and I think that's reasonable to wonder because, you know, we had this silver squeeze in April or not April, in February of 2021. And that was the time period where Ross made those rather cryptic comments. Again, following that, a couple months later, we get that LBMA report where they talk about how they were weeks away from running out of silver, which certainly uh seemed unusual to hear and it was interesting i was listening to an interview with rick rule on the liberty and finance channel uh, a couple weeks back and i'm going to play a little clip of that here because i think that speaks to what you've been talking about and something that <clears throat> i don't know if everybody has heard but is quite relevant so i'm going to play a second of that here and then we'll get your comment the thing that we really want to talk about in that discussion is the impact that the silver squeeze had. Uh, a, a lot of people say that the silver squeeze was a fail. That's wrong. The silver squeeze probably introduced a million speculators to silver. And importantly, it took down the stocks available for good delivery in every market, including the institutional market, by a ton. You'll recall, Dunnigan, when this was going on, I said that the shortage was in retail denominations, that the Sprott Physical Silver Trust wasn't experiencing difficulties getting deliveries. But about three months into it, we were experiencing difficulties. We used up all the silver in Ottawa. 
and we used up all the silver in Montreal, then all the silver in Chicago, then all the silver in New York. We actually had to bring in silver from London. It's important to note that silver supplies have tightened. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think I think Rick's a smart man and a very smart man. And he's right. Uh, I, and it did expand it. And, and But that again, imagine that on steroids when it's not just the crazy guys on Reddit. Wall Street Silver, which at the time was more about, at least at first, was all about GameStop and, and AMC. And it didn't really get the, the attention that it properly deserved. But what it did usher in was a whole new generation of younger people who have an awareness and, and they're getting the word out. And we are seeing the expansion and the acceptance and the, uh, that silver is and always has been money. But I have something that I think will even take that further. You know, it's, it's one thing for me to say to you, yeah, what you said about the LMA, that the, 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 they were almost run, they almost ran out of silver. They just issued a press release a few months ago saying that if deliveries are like they were last year, that they will run out of silver. It's one thing for me to say that. It's one thing for me to say India imported 304 million ounces. People lack awareness of what that really means. Well, when I say the registered category has 33 million, they still don't understand what that means, the, the mainstream, right? And they don't hear it. People hear our show, they hear it. They listen to Rafi and you and me, they hear it. And some of them understand what I'm getting at, that the entire Colmex is 288 million. India have imported more than the entire Colmex has available last year, of which the majority is not for sale, right? And but that's that's great. That that's expanding. But here's the good news. Um, to date, 42 states have removed some or all taxes from the purchase of gold and silver, and there are now bills pending in five of the eight remaining idiot states, including my old stomping ground, Minnesota, of the eight uh, that are uh, talking about removing all sales tax from precious metals. But even better than that, where the awareness will really grow is that the state lawmakers in, oh, I forgot to mention Mississippi just repealed it, by the way, it goes into effect in, in uh, July. But the state lawmakers in Wyoming just created a formal system that cleared the, their, their state Senate uh, to allow gold and silver as constitutional money to be used for all debts, public and private, and they will use it as the spot price plus the added premium. Not just Wyoming, Missouri just did the exact same thing. Spot price plus market premium shall be receivable in payment for all debts, public and private, contracted for in the state of Missouri. Kansas has it on the books now to do the same thing. It's on the docket. Uh, they're proposing doing this. We are beginning to see states wake up because what that really says is, is that the, the lawmakers, God bless them, and these states understand what is happening to the value of our dollar. And they are going to alert their public. And if nothing else, open their eyes like, oh, there's an alternative. And that's something that I take great optimism in that for the very first time, things are coming a little bit full circle to the way they once were, viewing gold and silver as money and the currency that we have produced by the Federal Reserve is something that is being debased right now by 7 or 8% year over year. And I, I read a really interesting article by 
Simon Black, who I really like a lot. And he says, can you imagine if Elon Musk stated in his, you know, the, the, the goal of his company was to lose 2% per year? Well, that's what the Fed is telling us they want to achieve. But if you go back over history, the majority of the time, it's only happened like 11 times in the last 40 years where the Fed has even had inflation at 2%. And most of that came after 2008 when they were, you know, pumping money into the system and screwing with the system. Prior to that, it only happened two times from 1980 to 2008. They cannot get inflation under 2% without ratcheting up the interest rates. And what that is going to do is going to signal a, what, a massive depression, a collapse in the bond market, a collapse in the real estate market, a collapse in the stock market. Well, that's when they'll pivot and lose all credibility altogether. And that's when you'll see things like the BRICS nation's currency or the Shanghai Cooperation Organization issue their settlement currency or whatever it is, or maybe the Moscow exchange starts put doing a, a daily settlement for gold and silver that arbitrages all the gold and silver from the West because they, they post it at a real price. When they realize that we have chosen inflation over austerity, the way all governments do. But my, my point in all of this is that there are some politicians who are on the same page with us who realize this in the heart of America, in Wyoming and in Kansas and in Missouri. And now in all of these states that are removing sales tax, because I think they are, are looking, and that's a first step, maybe into actually allowing it for settlement in transactions. And so, you know, you got the Utah gold back, and I think there's one in Nevada. Also, these are the beginnings of an awareness in this country that very quickly can change the whole narrative. And, you know, we've been doing this at a time where most people wouldn't know a silver coin if it fell on their foot. But maybe we're starting to see a little bit of change in sentiment because of the idiocy of our administration. <laughs> and in this, the, the idiocy of our administration who just told us that the social security funding gap just increased to $76 trillion. It's IOUs with $76 trillion and a trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years ago, a government who has to pay $706 billion on the interest, just the interest on the debt. So they need to borrow money just to pay the interest on money they already borrowed on a country where $5 billion is too much to fix or to build a border wall to stop people coming in illegally with fentanyl and killing uh, teenagers. The, the, recently, I read that the, the kids from like 16 to 23, somewhere in that neighborhood, the, the greatest cause of their death in the United States now is fentanyl poisoning. $5 billion is too much to stop that, yet $114 billion to the Ukraine for God knows what, including pensions to the Ukrainian government, isn't too much. We're upside down. And people need to understand this, that not only is there an awakening coming, God bless the lawmakers that are doing this and helping it, but if people really stop for a moment and, and, and look at the fact that we are an insolvent, broke country, and we are bankrupting our future generations. I read... I may have mentioned this to you on our last podcast, and if I did, forgive me. I don't know if I did, but you know, Janet Yellen says we need to do extraordinary measures to to raise the debt ceiling, borrowing from the civil servant trust fund, the disabled veteran trust, or I mean, civil servant retirement fund, disabled veteran retirement fund, 
and the Postal Service Retirement Fund to raise the debt ceiling. And in the very next article on Yahoo Finance says, oh, by the way, we just gave another 40 billion to the Ukraine. We're upside down. And I wonder what the hell our politicians are doing. Are they trying to destroy the dollar? Are they trying to make a controlled demolition of the United States? I don't know, but it just doesn't make sense to me. So when people complain about the, the counterintuitive performance of the silver market, I hear you. But remember that governments, central banks around the world, bought more gold last year than the second most in history, more than any time in the last 55 years. And that includes 304 million ounces of silver to India, more than the entire COMEX universe possesses. We're this close to something happening where someone like Ross and Venom and the manipulations by the power that be won't be able to stem the tide. And so I guess it's one of these deals where you, you have to trust your gut and you got to have strong fingertips and you have to hang on because as maddening as it is for you and I, it's probably worse for them. You know, the people who bought this during Silver Squeeze, talking about GameStop and AMC profits, looking at silver as so undervalued and delusions of grandeur of super spiked prices, and we'll get there someday. But it's not going to be when we think or how we think. But I will tell you this, the most sophisticated money in the world is draining the exchanges of metal, and we're seeing massive imports out of the West into the countries who view gold and silver as money and view the dollar as a sinking ship. And this is not something that you just willy-nilly do if you are these entities who will who will make that move away from the global reserve currency and take that leap of faith that this growing chorus of countries together using commodities and maybe distributed ledger technology to show the veracity of what every country is pegged. You know, I, I listened to Rick Rule, just one last thing, and I love him. I, I, he's done more for my career than almost anyone. I've worked with him and his clients for over 25 years, well, almost over 20 for sure. And I respect the hell out of him. And he made a comment about, maybe he was talking about my premise, about the BRICS nations joining together and all of these countries forming an alliance. And his comment was, well, it might be really hard when you look at the Euro, all of these countries it was a good idea, but they all had different, different heritages were pulling in different directions, but none of them pegged a commodity to a distributed ledger to show the world this is what is making our currency work. When you see Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia and on the same page, joining the same group, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? And all of these countries, you see Turkey, our ally, buying more gold than any country in the world and took more imports from Switzerland in January than they've ever sent out in one month. Turkey has a formally applied for BRICS. These countries are leaving the sinking ship. And they are aligning with countries that will use commodities as the glue that makes this unity work. Yes, the idea is great to stand up to, to the West. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think it's a, it's a novel idea if you're on that side of the world. But what will make it work is the commodities, the pledging of real things to a system maybe using distributed ledger technology to show it. So people need to understand that this is not something that's going to happen like a GameStop or an AMC, because when GameStop and AMC go up, it doesn't mean shit. But when gold and silver go up, it's ripping the curtain away from the wizard, the little old man behind the curtain, ain't the big booming voice 
with the flames and the scariness that the Wizard of Oz appeared to be. And that is exactly why they are really trying to suppress the reality of what's going on with precious metals and what is betraying all of that is the massive deliveries to countries far away from the West who all have a similar goal in common. And that is, I think, to free themselves from, um, from, from the Western system. And, and I think that's why when you see prices counterintuitively dropping, knowing that this is going on, deliveries from the people closest to the information. Yeah, they got the most money, but they're closest to the information. It's a subsidy. You should be gobbling it up with both fists, even if you're not buying it from Miles Franklin. I'm not talking my book. I'm saying from my soul and my heart, you have to take a step back and look what's happening to this country. Look at what's happening to the United States, to the dollar, to our reputation, um, and to the fact that we are supposedly supposed to be so tolerant of all of these new things and all of these new designations and titles, but yet we're completely intolerant to differences in opinion about what's going on with our country and with our currency. And I think we're those people who refuse to accept the reality that the dollar's in trouble and the biggest money in the world is already pre-planning for this and positioning through massive distributions of metal away from the COMEX and the LME backdooring out of the ETFs. They're missing, they're missing what I believe not only is an opportunity of a lifetime, but but a life raft, a really important life raft that if what we are talking about happens, there won't be many other places, I believe, to, to find refuge in a world that will be um, chaotic, to say, the, to say the least. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, reminds me quite a bit of the conditions in the housing bubble leading up until it imploded, where I, I hear... The talk, you now I will be the first to admit that I did not spot the housing bubble in advance with my uh, Wall Street training, as that's not the type of thing they talked about there. But, you know, studying a lot of the folks that did, and it was an environment where if you had ever you suggested that housing prices could ever come down, people looked at you like you were a little insane. And um, certainly to see the the scenario where you have a crisis caused by a lot of borrowing and money printing and the response was even more borrowing and money printing. And, you know, I guess we, it'd be nice if we knew exactly when these things revert yet. That's why I, I hope I've done a good job on the channel of, of not yeah. putting a price target or a timeline on it, but the, you have. never sensationalized. You've never gone out and said, you're going to get rich. And that's one of the reasons I respect you so much. Because of that, you you are an investigative journalist. Your interview with Bart Chilton was the most important interview I've ever watched in my 34-year career, period. End of story. And if anyone is out there who hasn't watched it, you're making a mistake. I do want to say one other thing that really none of us have caught this. Ed Steer brought it up, and he didn't make a really big deal about it. But what am I missing, right? So Ed Steer had a column just the other day. And he showed a chart of Indian gold imports, right? Now the US is supposed to have the largest stockpile of gold in the world, right? 8,300 and some metric tons. Alistair McLeod says China has 
38,000, he guesses, 20,000 held by the state, 18,000 by the people. We're all focusing on the 300 million ounces India imported in silver, but this chart blew my mind and no one's talking about it, right? We supposedly have the most gold in the world, yet if you look at the chart that Ed Steer put out just a few days ago about Indian imports, he writes that you should carefully note the thin gray line above the chart denoting the cumulative imports into India since 1999 that add up to 17,170 metric tons of gold. So, I mean, can you see what's happening? That this is the slow game, the long game. And these countries who are, are going to, I believe, look to commodities. There it is, right there, 17,170. What am I missing? What am I missing? How, how does the US have the most gold in the world that we brag about? What the hell am I missing? Now, maybe some of the people are doing this in jewelry, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that that's all just for their government stash, but I, I get what you're saying. You're so, I mean, it, certainly a large all amount. I can simply say is he who makes the gold makes the rules. And it's heading that way, whether it be India or China or Russia or Saudi Arabia, all of these countries that are joining together. And why is Turkey buying all of this gold? Why are the central banks buying more gold in the last time in 55 years? And, and when I say gold, I mean silver too. They are indispensable. People need to wake up to this and stop bitching about a price that isn't performing. Yeah, it sucks. It does. It doesn't change the outcome of where we are going. And the subprime crisis is exactly what, you know, you watch that movie. The guy wanted to kill himself. All his friends were quitting. He felt like he was out of his mind and bang. It happened because Mother Nature wins in the end, and he knew it, and we know it, and, and you and I have talked at length about wanting to pull the hair out of our heads, about the stresses of being public and talking about this stuff and it not performing the way we think it should, but what does ever perform the way we think it should? And in a world where everything seems to be weird to say for lack of a better explanation where things happen that are just you know upside down in the world that i grew up in i i you know i was born in 1970 and 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 the things that i see today just boggle my mind yet i keep plowing through but nothing ever plays out the way we think but in the end the mathematics and the logic of what is happening to the destruction of our system, our Western system, and the accumulation of tangible assets, not just precious metals, aluminum and copper and, and, and food goods like wheat and soybeans and grain, all this stuff. This is all flowing that way. And if you don't see that and realize that not only as an opportunity to survive, if we're right, and thrive, uh, in a period of time where everyone else is stuck in traditional thinking, it's a mistake. And I asked you when I came on today to allow me the ability to to cleanse my soul and 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 rant. You know, it's cathartic for me. I don't do that with you on your show. We're usually just about price and what's going on in premium. But damn it, you know, people just need to wake up and understand price is a tool of misdirection. They are misdirecting the public by price. So. At this little pimple, us, we get it 
they're not bar bothered by us. Yeah, they're annoyed. And that's why you saw all of the the uh you know the the censorship that we've seen. But they're not afraid of the pimple. They're afraid of the elephant. And when the elephant says, My God, what, what happened to the dollar? Uh, that's when it's and 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 God bless states like Missouri and Wyoming and now Kansas and Mississippi and all of these other states that not only are removing sales tax, but actually producing legislation to make gold and silver money once again, which if nothing else should hopefully ignite the fuse of awakening. And then someone like you who has dedicated the last decade of his life to, to an uphill battle, <coughs> excuse me, will be um, properly vindicated for the person that he is and, uh, and, and for the information that he has given um, endlessly and tirelessly to the public who will listen to that small pimple that someday may actually turn into an elephant. So I'm done ranting. I feel much better, but hey, you know what? Don't worry about price. Availability is great. Premium is low and the world's screwed up and the rest of the world, well, they're looking at this as an opportunity. The big money is, so we should too. Well, I hear you. Glad, uh, glad to give you the forum. And Thank you. I don't, I don't know whether I should show you this or not. I don't want to, don't want you to get too heated. Although you mentioned Turkey a couple of times, and this I've been noticing lately. This is their silver imports, which you can see have, uh, you know, doubled back in 2020, 21, and then almost another doubling, uh, which 834 tons which my calculator gives me as 26 million ounces almost 27 million ounces so not as big as india but no but almost as much as there is in the entire comex registered category there you go and a lot of these countries aren't even telling us what they're importing and what i will simply say to you is that if you can't see not you not you chris you out there you can't see that you're missing the big picture misdirection the art of war chris sent me a book the art of war because it was meant so much to me in my in in my speaking about misdirection in any game that anyone's ever played the object is to misdirect your opponent you know and 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 why would it not be true it's taught in business schools it's taught in law schools on corporate hierarchy and formulating arguments i always talk about bill belichick using it to formulate game theory the war is won before the the first punch is even thrown with misdirection. And that's exactly what these countries are doing. They're saying to the West, you know what? You want to pretend that your system is so great that you're going to suppress the canaries in the mine shaft, that being gold and silver and platinum and other items that reflect inversely the value of the dollar or expose the frailty of the system. Great. We'll use that against you. We'll import the crap out of it and we'll drain your exchanges thank you very much it's the najitsu move and it's happening and you know turkey is a prime example of that as is india as is china as is all of these countries that realize what real wealth is and i think the era of debt instruments and paper promises will be replaced by transparency lack of counterparty risk or removal of counterparty risk and hard assets that will allow you to form a base of trust in a system that is completely void of any trust. 
And that's the most important thing is that what gold and silver are is trust. Now, I think cryptocurrencies are digital air for the most part, right? I mean, I, I understand it. I own some. I don't take comfort in it. I made the joke, you can't pour Bitcoin all over your naked wife's body. That got me a lot of laughs. You can with gold and silver. But I think distributed ledger technology is valid. And if you're going to have a system that is lacking trust, that will use commodities like gold and silver to regain trust, to, to, um, to inspire confidence, what better way to show the immutability and the veracity of what it is that you're pledging to a system than using this technology that I think even most people who aren't fans of cryptocurrency would, would extol the virtues of distributed ledger technology. I think the first place we could use that would be in, 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 uh, in voting, but I, I won't go down that rabbit hole. All I wanna say is that I, Turkey is a great example of that, Chris, and, and, and all of these countries, and it's ironic, you'll note the countries that are accumulating the most metal have already applied for BRICS or on that 60 plus country list of those that are next up for the BRICS plus countries. And most of them, have massive allocations of gold that represent huge proportions of their uh, of, of their assets, their complete and total assets. Like a country like Venezuela, the number is like 70 or 80% of their reserves are in gold. So, you know, no coincidence to me, but this is what people need to focus on. Because if, if it was an indication of value, oh gosh, it's getting down towards 20 again. And then why the hell is it being drained the way that it is? Because it is being used, that rhetoric, that price suppression is being used to create a perception of reality that makes us look like tinfoil hats and makes owning gold and silver look like a dumb thing to do. But the most sophisticated, well-funded people in the world are taking the opposite side of that trade. And that's where I sleep well at night, personally. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the key takeaway there more than anything else is you introducing us on some of the other uses of gold and silver that you <laughs> pour them on your wife. Uh, amazingly, I didn't I didn't see that pop up in the Silver Institute's report this year. So appreciate you being full on the versatility of the metal. You know, we always see those pictures of people's silver stacks. You really want to get some Uzumas. It's poured over the right places. And I think that'll be the That'll be the one that people get the most uh, enjoyment out of. I, I, I tease, but you know, I didn't know a better way to, to say the way that I, I feel about what I meant by really saying that is gold and silver. I have it and it's in my hand. Now you could say the same thing about cryptocurrencies, but I don't want to go down that hole either. I'm just, it doesn't resonate with me the way holding gold and silver in my hand do. What is the only asset that every central bank on the planet owns? That's gold. And I suppose silver to a lesser degree but when you talk about a vital asset it's silver it is and it's it's more vital than gold by a large degree and that's why bix weir will say that it will outperform gold in the end it will go one to one and maybe higher because of its utility and the depletion of its supply above ground and also geologically the above ground stuff is in landfills and the geological aspect is of a depleted ratio between gold and silver from 16 to 1 for 5,000 years to 7 to 1 now. What he says makes sense. Doesn't really 
hit the minds of most people yet, but neither did the first guy I ever listened to in 1989 at a conference when I started in this industry saying that the Dow Jones, when it was 2100, would go to 10,000. He was laughed off the stage. Markets go higher to the upside than anyone ever thinks possible and fall further to the downside than anyone ever thinks possible once it starts. And um, I guess we'll see, but I, for one, am very proud to be associated with you. And I love you like a brother. And I hope everyone out there will go and listen to Chris Marcus, Bart Chilton interview. Listen to it. It will give you a renewed sense of understanding that you are on the right road. You are traveling the right path. And uh, I can, that's all I can say. I don't say that because I'm on your show. I say it on most shows that I'm on. I know you've heard me say it on other shows repetitively. I've set it up on stage before in front of a thousand people in Vancouver that this is something everyone needs to listen to when they doubt that this is happening, that the price is being suppressed for a reason. So listen to it. Any case, I have bent your ear long enough. Your editor is not going to be happy with me, so I will let you run. We do have a special, a continuation of the 2022 Silver Maple Leaf at $3.40 over spot. And I have 12,000. I forget what year they are. They are the um, 495 Canadian Mint. Also, the uh, I want to say that antelope. Let me just look here real quick. I think it is the antelope. Uh, they are the Call of the Wild series, yes. And they are as rare as hen's teeth. And those are at $3.99. I have those. Those will be gone, I'm sure, before the Maple Leafs will. I loaded up on the 2022 Maple Leafs. I bought everyone I could find. But those are anyone who's looking for something that's rare. They only make a million of those. Each one of the animals that they produce, they only made one million of them. And I don't know what year they are. Maybe 2017, I'm not sure. So forgive me. But they are in sealed boxes um, and uh, and tubes of 25 as well. So that's it. They can always reach uh, reach out to find out prices on those and other things at, at Arcadia at Miles Franklin. And uh, I will look forward to uh, ranting less and talking and listening. Oh, that was great. That was great. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's necessary to feel bad about. I mean, it's... A lot of stuff going on out there in the world, some of it which gets heavy and some of it which gets confusing and appreciate that you're breaking down a lot of these developments and sharing passionately what you're seeing and feeling out there. So anyways, uh, thank you as always for joining me and giving us your thoughts. Uh, great to catch up and we will look forward to doing this again next week. See you next week. Stay well and uh, can't wait to see you in person in a few weeks. Sounds good, my friend. Talk to you soon. Well, thank you, Andy. Sure appreciate everything that you shared there. Nice to see him getting fired up and certainly can understand that with all the things that are going on out there. Bit of a chaotic time in life these days, but hopefully you enjoyed that. Had fun watching at home. Before we finish this one up, I did want to thank BlackRock Silver, who brought us today's video. BlackRock, as I mentioned yesterday, is in the process of finalizing their plans for a phase one drill program on their Silver Cloud project. They are finishing getting the permitting at this current moment, but it's completed the plans for a 4,000 meter drill program 
drill program will test approximately 500 meters of strike along the vein as well as the down dip potential. Again, this is following up on the intercept they got back in December of 52.62 grams per ton gold, 606 grams per ton silver. Those numbers even went up a little bit after they did the metallic screen gold assay, which gave them 70 grams per ton gold. So I know they are excited to get out there and drill and find out exactly what they have and getting a little bit closer. So thank you to BlackRock. Congratulations on the success of the project. Going to wrap up for today, but we will see you again tomorrow.